what customer was eating five years ago is completely different now. So you've got to stay sharp on that market front. Because food waste really starts at the farm and then it finishes at the end of a scraped plate. This is the Food and Beverage Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. Some foods are just hotter than others. I'm looking at you, avocado toast. But when you're running... 24-hour, seven-day-a-week shifts, it leads to employee burnout. Welcome to the Food and Beverage Podcast. My name is Shelby Skirhawk, your host. Today, we sit down with Marco Juarez, Senior Partner at Coleman Consulting Group. Marco is a Naval Academy graduate with a degree in chemistry, and he's passionate about his work. That's because his work affects real lives. Today on the podcast, we're talking about alternative work schedules in California. Now, in the year 2000, California passed the Eight-Hour Day Restoration and Workplace Flexibility Act. That's a mouthful, but it's nicknamed the Overtime After Eight. Yes, it was designed to protect employees, but what it often stripped them of was choice and flexibility and control over their own time and their schedules. That's where Coleman Consulting Group came in. They designed some schedules that give employees 50% more time off with the same or even more pay. And so slightly longer hours per day, but less days a week meant that less time was spent commuting, less money spent commuting with bridge tolls and high gas prices, and workers finally had predictable schedules that allowed them for several days off at a time as opposed to traditional two-day weekends. Now, with this schedule, there are labor laws around it, of course, and that's why experts should be hired to make sure that the rules are built in and enforced. And we're talking to one of those experts today. Marco, thank you for joining the podcast. Uh, Thank you for having me, Shelby. First, I got to ask, so with your chemistry degree and you're graduating from the Naval Academy, how did you find your way to schedule consulting? So it was a, it's a real interesting story. I had gotten married, uh, moved to California, was actually working for a training development company out of one of the refineries in California. They were getting ready to move me someplace else, and uh, we decided we loved California. I looked for a job, and lo and behold, I found Coleman Consulting Group, run by Dr. Richard Coleman, who was one of the leaders in sleep research in the mid-'70s and early-'80s, co-director of Stanford Sleep Clinic. And I got into it, found out I had a knack for it. It's, uh, it's very mathematical, and so it fit my personality and, and a lot of what I do. And, uh, you know, I, I thought, well, I'll do this for about five years and be done. Uh, 21 years later, I'm still doing it. Tell me how Coleman evolved from sleep study into work schedules. So we were a health and safety company in its inception. And one of the things that we discovered as a company very early on was that we could design the healthiest, safest schedules for employees. But if employees don't want to do it, they just won't. They'll find a way to break the schedule. So when we look at schedules, we not look, only look at it from a health and safety standpoint, we also look at it from an employee desire standpoint. But we also learned that when we design healthier and safer schedules, 
employees become more productive and they're happier and the business benefits. So there's this business needs or this business need circle. So we truly look at it, and a lot of people call us a three-circle company because we look at it from business needs, employee desires, and health and safety. And so all of those, you point to the fact that employees have to want to do it. That's probably the key to any behavior change or any change in, in general. Why did you find then that employees were incentivized, internally incentivized, to, to make these changes? So, you know, the, there's different types of employees, and every demographic group is different. You know, otherwise you, you can't get people to change. So it comes down to what are the desires of, of the work group? And people want to change because, hey, I may be the type of person I like my daily personal time. So something like a shorter shift length is more important to me because I have an activity I do every day. And if I work too long a day, I can't go home and do my activity. Or I may be the employee that I live far away and, and you know what, I don't want to commute five times, six times a week to work. I, I want to commute three or four times and, and save the money. And I'm more concerned about having days off and not my daily personal time. And so a longer shift length might be more important to me. And the key is really understanding, it's not necessarily looking at the average, it's educating them what are the possibilities and helping them figure out in their own heads what's important to me and what should we design to get there. We know that at the end of the day, we're not going to make 100% of the people happy. But if everybody understands how we got there, and is educated on the process that, that they went through to think about what type of person am I and, and as a group, what type of people are we, there's buy-in. And that's what we do as a company. We build buy-in. That's that employee desires piece. But we match that employee desires piece to the business needs and make sure that they're being healthy and safe when they do it. So let's talk about labor laws in California. So uh, what kind of schedule are we talking about when we, we mention these California labor laws? So uh, when you talk about California labor law, a lot of people, at least HR people, payroll people, have nightmares about California because it's one of the few states uh, across the country that is very restrictive in the types of hours that you can work and, and what you need to pay. So most uh, schedules in California are eight-hour schedules because there's a requirement to pay overtime after eight hours in most industries in the state of California. So most employees... They work beyond an eight-hour day, they're getting paid overtime. They work beyond a 12-hour day, they get paid double time. So we're talking about non-eight-hour schedules. We're talking about uh, longer shift lengths and, and doing them in a way that is actually more cost-effective for, for employers in the state of California and complying with state law. Well, why, without getting into, I guess, the, the heads of California state lawmakers, but I mean, why have employers been limited to, to this eight-hour shift in California specifically? You know, I think there's, there's this drive. We want to take care of the employee. And I think there's this sense that perhaps there was an abuse by companies that were working people too much and they're having to work too many hours in a day. But on the flip side, nobody ever thinks of giving the employee choice. By helping the employer on one end and saying, we're going to make sure you get compensated if you have to work a long day, we've taken the choice away from the employee to decide, do I really want to work that longer day? I mean, I think about this dad that was a, uh, a coach, and he would work extra hours one day because he wanted to coach his son's little league team, and he would get the time off on, on another day and work a shorter day so he could go do that. Well, here comes the law, and what, what happens? Well, the company 
can't really allow him to work a longer day anymore because it costs them money, and all of a sudden the dad can't be a little league coach anymore. And it's that sort of flexibility that was taken away from employees. And it's a negative side effect of, of trying to do a good thing for people. So when we're looking at historically how companies have been scheduling their employees, uh, can you talk to me about the state of scheduling in California? Uh, were eight-hour days, 40-hour weeks the standard, and why the shift? Right, so a little bit of history on scheduling in general. Eight-hour shifts have always been since the early 1900s, the most popular schedule. Uh, you look historically, uh, late 1800s, people worked 12-hour days. They worked sun up to sundown. And it was in the early 1900s that there was finally a movement to go towards the eight-hour day, pioneered by, by Henry Ford and the Ford Motor Company. And, and they, they didn't do it because they were trying to make employees happy. They did it because they had really smart engineers that realized if we work people less, we give them a little bit more rest, they will come, become so much more productive. He changed the work hours of his employees, and he put them on five days a week, eight-hour days, which was, he was the first major company to do that in the history of the U.S. And, and so now we fast forward to here, last 20 or 30 years, companies work eight-hour shifts, and, and all of a sudden, if I have a little bit more work to do because my customers are demanding more of my product or more of my service, I have the choice of hiring someone else at some expense or working a little bit of overtime. And, uh, and I think that's, that's kind of the state that, that brings about the, the idea of, well, we need to do something to help the employee. Let's talk about how you dove into the California state law and you really evaluated what the letter of the law said and how you were able to come to this new schedule that you really kind of design differently for, for companies. So it really came down to an individual company. Uh, we had to really analyze deeply uh, their payroll practices, uh, their internal scheduling practices, kind of the, some of the policies they were following with their employees, and match that up against, against labor law. Without getting too deep into labor law, on top of the requirement to pay overtime over eight, you have to give employees a lunch break if they work more than six hours. You have to give them two lunch breaks if they work more than 10. There are break time requirements uh, it's for every four hours of work. And, and there's a lot more details in there. And what we did is we matched up what are the practices against what are the true policies. And if we, if we could change their practices just a little bit and completely comply with the law, could we actually work longer shifts and come up with a longer shift that was cheaper than doing a straight, typical eight-hour shift that everybody else was doing? And the answer is yes, we could, but it's a case-by-case -case basis. You know, it's, it's a case-by-case -case basis with, with each company. The good news is that most companies have standard practices that, you know, if we do the analysis, we can figure out that they could give their employees the opportunity to have more days off a year, make this exact same amount of money, and oh, by the way, do it a lot cheaper than doing eight-hour shifts. When you dove into it, how clear, how obvious was the solution to you? You know, being a little math-minded and, and a little weird and a little nerdy, uh, it was probably a little bit more obvious to me, but it's not an obvious solution to, to most people. And, uh, and a lot of my clients look at me kind of cross-eyed the first time they hear me talk about stuff. But, uh, but after a few explanations and, and actually drawing it out on paper, they get it. When they get it, they get it big time. 
So why hasn't the schedule already been used in California? Again, it comes down to, to wanting to be creative. When the law was passed um, in 2000, there wasn't a lot of case law behind it. Everybody said, oh, this is the law. We're reading it at face value, so let's all change and comply. And, and uh, I think what happens initially is, is people don't want to challenge. They don't want to be the first to have a lawsuit to say, yeah. you know, can we do something different and, and make something different happen? So nobody wants to be the first. And then after time, the impetus to change just isn't there. Well, until you find employees that say, I'm, I'm tired of paying all that travel cost. I mean, for the, for the average employee, employees don't get compensated for going back and forth to work. In the state of California, it could take an hour to an hour and a half to go one way to work. So two to three hours a day that employees aren't being compensated. So if I can get 90 more days off a year working a different schedule, that's 180 hours I get back on top of the money and the, the vehicle expense of going back and forth. So we started to talk about the way that uh, this has impacted the lives of, of everyday employees. So tell me how the Coleman solution has impacted those people. So let's just talk about days off to start. In a typical eight-hour schedule, employees get 13 weekends off a year. For companies that are covering 24 hours a day, seven days a week, a continuous manufacturing or distribution center or um, think of any industry where, where they're having to work around the clock seven days a week. Uh, a typical eight-hour schedule, employees get 13 weekends off of a year. We can get them 26 weekends off a year, an additional 91 days off a year. That's three months, think about it, three months a year extra off. Right. You know, so when you think about it in those terms, the fact that I'm getting three more months a year off, that's a huge number for a lot of people. And then think about traveling, you know, and I've already talked about the traveling back and forth to work and the cost of doing that. Um, the contrast is, you know, I'm, I'm working eight-hour shifts and I'm getting this time off. Okay, we haven't even started talking about what if I have to work overtime? How many more days off do I give off, give up if I have to come in on my day off? Right. Because somebody else doesn't show up for work because, you know, my counterpart who is, who is covering the times that I'm not there decided to quit. And now I've got to cover that time. Marco, can you share some examples or maybe just some just tangible anecdote that, that really kind of comes to mind of how this Coleman solution affects employees? I've had employees come up to us afterwards and in some cases resistant to change, open to it, but kind of resistant to, oh, I like what I have, I know what I have, I've built my life around what I have. And they come back to us when they, when they, do, when they go to one of these solutions with all these days off and they're like, look, we went to the coast and look, this is the first time I've taken my family on this cool fishing trip and we were able to get away for seven days. I'd never be able to do that on my other schedule. And, uh, and it's so cool to do that. And oh, by the way, I haven't lost any money. You know, I'm getting paid the same thing, but I'm getting all this extra time off. I've also had the funny stories where, where people have come back and said, and this, and again, a side impact of, of, and it could be good or bad, a side impact of, I got so many days off now. I spend so much more money because I have, you know, but, but I can have a second job. I started the second career and, yeah. and I'm doing, or a side hustle. And a lot of people have side hustles and, and that's great, you know. And, and sometimes a side hustle is a hobby that they yeah. decided to turn into a little bit of a side hustle. So they're enjoying it. Um, and, and some people actually do pick up hobbies, right. you know, on these with this extra time off. And, and to clarify, I mean, this schedule complies with every aspect of the California state law, right? Absolutely. So every detail of the California law, it, it, 
it's in full compliance. There are penalties in the law when you don't comply, so we have to make sure it complies. Otherwise, it does raise costs for the employer. So, yeah, our job is to is to is to help companies save money and make their employees happier. So, if it didn't comply with the law, we'd know real quick because because there would be penalties involved, and and they're not. I guess let me ask: Is is this something that uh, you should proceed at your own? own risk? I mean, is this a, a DIY solution or is this something that you really need some assistance and some guidance? This is definitely assistance and guidance because, again, it, it reaches into the payroll system. It reaches into effective, affecting employees' lives. And when we talk about changing schedules, a, a schedule change is probably one of the most emotional issues that a workforce can go through. If you think about it, it may only happen once or twice in an employee's work life or even a manager's work life. We've asked plenty of managers, how many times have you actually changed employee schedules? Most of them will tell you never. Um, and, and the ones that have done the most is maybe they've done two or three or four changes over their 30-year their career. I've done hundreds over the years. And, uh, and it's about being led through a very emotional process. It's a change management process as well as getting the details right because we're affecting people's payroll. Uh, we, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the, the podcast, but you mentioned that when you're dealing with change management, I mean, that is a very emotional thing. Uh, why do you think it's so important or so effective that Coleman goes in and really talks to the employees and listens to them and gets their, their viewpoint and then their, therefore, buy-in? So over 35 years, we've, we've got this tried and true process. So we've done it enough times that we know how to do it wrong. We, we figured out how to do it wrong right. early on, right. and we know how to do it right. And so our process is really about uh, managing those emotions and understanding when and how to communicate and what to communicate in order to get those emotions out. Some of it is, is about getting the emotion out, about making sure that people are asking questions in going through the catharsis of understanding why they're being changed, or even going through the catharsis of, you know what, it's inevitable, I'm going to change, and, and timing that just right with the uh, um, kind of matching that up with, with when we know it's perfect timing for the employees. I know I've sat through plenty of meetings, company-wide, all-hands meetings, where the uh, CEO will uh, propose a change or announce a change and then say, does anyone have any questions? And there's that silence. That's not the buy-in that you're, that you guys work with. I mean, you're sitting down with the employees and actually like listening to them and talking to them. Uh, well, and we have a process for, for sitting down and talking to them. And yeah, that's absolutely right. It's not about just, are there any questions? It's about, Let's try to draw out the questions. Let's try to draw out some of the emotion. Let's understand what are underlying issues and get them out in the open. And let's make sure that, the, that it's not the vocal majority that's driving everybody else, especially in, in schedule change. You could have uh, a, a quote-unquote leader uh, in, the, in the workforce who is hey, everybody wants to do this. Nobody wants to do that. I've heard, I've, I've talked to everyone, and no one wants to do that. Well, we have a process where we figure that out, and, and it's anonymous, it's confidential, and, and we're able to get everybody's opinion, we're able to get everybody's input in, into the process. And then again, everybody gets the same information, 
again, it's about managing the process and, and the process of change and, and introducing people to new ideas and new concepts that they maybe never heard of. Yeah. So let's talk about the company that implemented this new change. Who are they and kind of what was their before status and then what's their after status now? So the company that did this is a, is a large moon, uh, food manufacturer. Um, if I said the name, uh, everybody would recognize it, uh-huh. but a uh, large food manufacturer in the in Central Valley of California. They were running eight-hour shifts almost every Saturday and Sunday, so working a lot of, a lot of weekend work, employees not getting a lot of time off other than the mandated California required time off that they would they would need to get to not be overworked and basically paying a lot of money to do that and and really no end in sight it's it's we're running a 24/7 operation but we're put we've put a band-aid on it we've got these people just enough people that that if we ran Monday through Friday we'd be good but because we're having to operate every Saturday and Sunday we're stretched too thin and then they brought us in, and, and again, we looked at all the different opportunities, all the different ways of doing it, the way they were doing payroll, and we found a way that they could, they could work some, some different shifts and give their people a whole bunch of time off and do it. And it was actually much more cost-effective than the best eight-hour solution they could put in place. Did you already have the solution in mind when the company brought you in? You know, I, I had uh, developed a similar solution in the state of Washington for a different client. So ultimately, that client didn't implement. They, they had some other business things going on. They, they decided not to do it. It really was, for even for us, it was a little revelatory when, when I stumbled on the, on the thought and idea of how we actually did it. And so uh, the challenge the company gave us was, okay, we hear you. We gave them a bunch of other solutions. They weren't quite right, and so we had to go back to the drawing board a little bit. And when I went back to the drawing board and started to look at it a little bit more deeply, it, it just kind of clicked. And, uh, and it, it took being challenged on some standard solutions that we had thought about, dig a little deeper, and it took a little bit deep, deeper dive. But once we, we came upon it, it's like, why didn't we think about this years ago? So when this company came to you, why did they implement the solution? What was the, the aha? So the aha moment came when we said, okay, we can go down the route of doing alternative work schedules and, and implementing 12-hour shifts uh, according to California labor law, which means we need a two-thirds vote, and we need to make these changes to the payroll system. And it all of a sudden became kind of this unsurmountable, we're not sure if we can get two-thirds of the employees to agree. Well, if we can't do X, Y, and Z, we went back to the drawing board, and, and here's an option. No one's ever tried it, and it takes a little bit of explaining. Your employees may not understand what we're doing here, but, but it will give them 26 weekends off a year. But once they got it, they were like, oh, yeah, we can do that. And, and that was a change, and, and it required no vote from the employees. And now I've got something that I can go out, and I can actually recruit people to. It's a 24-7 operation, but if I'm getting 182 days off a year, it's a little easier to recruit to. It's a little easier to retain people. So when Coleman came in to implement this solution, I imagine the impact was kind of tangible. How do, how do the employees feel about this change now? You know, initially employees, as any work group, as anybody is with change, uh, it's hard to accept change, even if it's a good change. Better the devil I know than the devil I don't, right? And so initially there's, there's a little bit of pushback, but once employees have been on it for five or six weeks, once they've gone through a, through a cycle of having some time off and they've gotten away a little bit from the old and done the new for a little while and they realize, oh, my lifestyle is a little different. 
there's a whole bunch of positives that are coming into this. Maybe my childcare expenses have gone down because I'm not having to find childcare as many days a year. My commute has gone down, so I'm starting to see this tangible using less gas and, and less expense on my car. Oh, I get to sleep in a couple of days. Oh, I've got time to make doctor's appointments and go to the grocery store. It's all these little tangible things that nobody ever thinks of that all of a sudden employees wake up one day and they're like, oh, wait a minute, this is better. Is there anything else that you want to be sure and let the listeners know? Or, or what's, the, what's the main point that you want to make sure that they understand? I think the main point to understand is that employees all have different needs, different requirements. Each Every workforce is a little different. Yeah, even employers that are across the street from each other, their demographics are completely different. And, uh, and just because the guy across the street is doing something and their employees are happy doesn't mean if you copy it in your location, they're going to be happy with what you're doing. You really have to modify, adjust. You have to implement something that fits your workforce, that fits your business, and is healthy and safe for your employees. That's Marco Juarez of Coleman Consulting Group. Marco, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. To find out more about alternative work schedules, visit ColemanConsulting.com. That's Coleman-Consulting.com.